Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. American country music star T.G. Shepherd had a hit song, War Is Hell on the Home Front 2. It affects everyone, but I would imagine none more so than the enlisted personnel. Well, our guest is Norm. He enlisted in World War II, and he shares what life is like at war. He's a real character, so we hope you enjoy our chat with him, including a humorous reflection on the pension that he's now receiving. About a hundred years ago, the government uh, gave the old people a pension. In those days, you worked till 65. Life expectancy was around about 67. It didn't cost them a lot of money. Now, over 4 million are living up to 100, sending the government broke. At 91, I should have been dead years ago. I'm still bludging on the government. <laughs> You've had quite, a, uh, quite an innings, haven't you? Not bad, yeah. And so you ended up in New Guinea. Put this way, I was uh, one bloke and come, come back on leave from, from the Navy. And uh, he said, let Norm come down to Sydney and uh, see if he can join up. But they won't take him because uh, I couldn't see properly out of my left eye. Right. So uh, I was a bit of a one-eyed wonder. So I threw a kid a stone and busted uh, put a big scar on the retina of my left eye, so I couldn't see see the see the front. I could only see a bit of side vision out of that. Right. So uh, I went down to join up, and uh, when the when I went to the doctor's, uh, uh, up to the doctor, he said, "Your left eye's not much good." I said, "No, mate, but I don't use that. I shoot with my right eye." <laughs> so uh, he passed me. Apparently, amazing. A one effective. Uh, uh, with a defective left eye. Is that unusual for that to happen? I don't know. I put my age up 12 months to get in. I was only 17 and a quarter. Wow. <laughs> Ended up being a telephone linesman, dragging telephone lines around the place. Anyway, we ended up, I ended up uh, going up to New Guinea in 42, and uh, the Japs used to cut our lines, and I used to be one of the idiots that had to go out and try and repair the lines. Yeah. There's a few times when I was, used to dive on the ground and try and dig a hole to bury myself when I was getting shot at. Anyway, in Borneo, uh, I was following a telephone line through the scrub, and one of the Matilda tanks was there with the lid up. A Matilda tank was there. A couple of blokes looking in the looking into the machinery, and I said, "What are you broke on that rubber band again?" <laughs> That's a corny joke, I know, but. Uh, the blokes turned around. I think they were just going to flatten me. And uh, I said, oh, I said, oh, i got a cousin of mine who's in the tank corps. I said, a fella called Ted Strickfuss. The bloke turned around and he sang out, Ted, he says, there's a guy up here who reckons he knows you. Believe it or not, my cousin, my cousin was the spitter in that particular tank. Kidding. That's one of the greatest coincidences I could ever expect. That's amazing. And he was sitting in the tank. He was in the down in the tank, yeah. So you would have had a real laugh about that. Oh, I thought it was humorous. Were you afraid at times? I had a three oh three rifle and a telephone over my arm and so forth. Gee. And uh, some, some tools. And uh, I carried that rifle for five, nearly five years and I reckon I should have married the darn thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I slept with it and ate with it and you tell me. Did you have to use it much? Uh, only once or twice, but uh, wasn't uh, wasn't one of these frontline 
infantry blokes. Yeah. Got all the uh, praise. Do you remember when you were using it specifically, those moments? Yeah. i tell you what, I, I wasn't exactly uh, a squib, but I wasn't any hero. The one incident that stood out the most that you remember when you were over there? One of the silliest things i come up against was the first day I landed in Port Moresby. Yep. We went out to uh, uh, do some tents put up for us just uh, oh, a quarter of a mile this side of the main aerodrome, a seven mile or Jackson Strip. And uh, our sergeant called out to me. He said, Norm, he said, the air liaison officer's lying over at the strip there is uh, out of action, he says. Uh, and they'd like it repaired, he says. Can you take your phone out and fix it? So I followed the main telephone line. They're all tied up on, in trees in a, well, maybe 20 or 30 lines at a time. Yeah. I had to trace this line through and uh, finally uh, found the break right in the middle of a fuel dump. And the fuel dump was only a quarter of a mile, less than a quarter of a mile away from the main airstrip. Yeah. And uh, what happened was, of course, one of the trucks had uh, pulled the, ripped the line down when they were delivering these uh, 44-gallon drums of fuel. And uh, I turned around and uh, found the line. And just when I was repairing it, a flare came up, a red flare came up from the drone, uh, warning us that there were the gaps were coming over as their bombers. Yep. And here's me sitting in a in few thousand gallons of <laughs> bioctane petrol. In this fuel dump. In <laughs> the fuel dump in the middle of an air raid. Sitting target. So I thought to myself, uh, the, the silliest thought I had in my life, I said, to me, you get hurt doing this sort of thing. <laughs> well, you've got to have a sense of humour, haven't you? You do, you do. That was the first day of New Guinea. Wow. <laughs> Every night in the week, there was a Japanese air raid. It's constant. Yeah. You got so used to seeing the planes, you didn't even bother looking up at them anymore. Yeah. If you looked up at them during an air raid with the uh, barrage of uh, anti-aircraft shells going up towards them, each one of those shells burst into shrapnel and they come down. And if you were silly enough to be outside your tent and looked up at the wrong time, you'd probably get yourself uh, your face cut off with a piece of shrapnel. So uh, we were warned about that. We had to wear our tin hats, of course, but that was only part of help. Part of of help with it anyway. Yeah. But uh, we got used to that sort of thing. It's just part of life. Yeah, right. Did you lose many close comrades? I lost a few, yeah. 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 Yes. But uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Are you amazed that you came out of it? Uh, well, I was a bit lucky, I guess. Did you have a faith at all that helped you through? Oh, faith, yes. Well, yes, I'm an Anglican. Are you? Yeah. Did you find that it gave you a peace while you were uh, in New Guinea? Put it this way. If it wasn't for the Salvation Army blokes during the war, I reckon we would have had a very poor time. They certainly did a lot of lot of good work up there. Very wonderful. They were there all the time. What's one of the things that you remember that they did? Well, put it this way. If we had to write a letter 
or anything like that. Uh, sure enough, the uh, the Salvation Army tent would be uh, available to uh, get some paper and envelopes and so forth, you know, all that type of stuff. Wow. That's our guest, Norm Ensor, who experienced war firsthand. If you want to connect with Norm, then send us an email. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. He does love a good chat. So just go to our website, salvos.org.au forward slash radio, and click on the new Contact Us page. Light and life.